I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Daphne Maxwell-Reed, the iconic TV mom of the 1990s in three seasons of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm a huge fan. And she's joining me to talk about the exciting news when the cast of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunites 30 years later. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a great thing to talk about. 30 years of anything is a great thing to talk about. Isn't it? Has it been, has it been good? Has it been a flip side of the pandemic where, you know, you're doing more of this, you know, connecting yeah. with fans? Oh, yes. It's great to be connecting with fans. And since the show gave us a boost to do that, um, it's been a delightful couple of months. It's been really, That's really good. fun. Yeah. I know because you don't have to get dressed up below the waist. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to put a face on. For I know, I know. Uh, my stepmom a... always says to me, I can't talk to you unless I have my face on. That's right. <laughs> it comes in a jar and I put just put it on and, and then we talk and then I go take it off. Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the reunion. When you heard this was happening. Ooh, it was this summer, we got an email uh, from T uh, Will's production company and asking us a strange question. Would you like to come join us for a reunion? Heck yeah, I'd like to come join you for <laughs> a reunion. I'll be right over. <laughs> yes, and they set it up so beautifully and treated us like we were kings and queens. Amazing. Uh, but it was a lot of surprises involved in it. There was um, the fact that we were all situated in different hotels, so we wouldn't reunionize before we got to set. Okay. And then it was just so well done. We were surprised to see the set when we got there of our living room from the past. Amazing. And it was just, glorious to all be in the same place at the same time. We've seen each other over the years, but it's mm -hmm. not like being all together and right. just sharing our memories. It was really wonderful. And the energy, it must've been like not a lot of time had passed once you get back in the same room. It's like we were talking to each other last week. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was easy. It was loving. It really was a family reunion because this has become a family. Now, I've done a lot of television shows over I the know. years and there is not a cast that I am as close to oh. as this cast. They really, truly, we've been through weddings and births of babies and sadly oh. funerals. Yeah. But we all really, truly enjoy each other's company and really love each other. That's wonderful. You're really blessed because that doesn't always really? happen. No, <laughs> it doesn't happen. You know? Yeah. Tell me something. When you first shot uh, the very first episode of the show, what, do you remember like some key thoughts you had? Like, wow, this is something, this is something else, you know? Well, yes. My first episode was even, I had been in television for, oh, 20 years before I did Fresh Prince. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time I shot before a live audience. I had all my time. I even did two episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati, which is shot before a live audience. But the two episodes I was in was shot film style. Oh. So I'm going, oh, so this is my first. <laughs> 
And the, the thing that you have to remember with shooting with a live audience is that you have to do what you do and then pause, pause. and wait for <laughs> a reaction from yeah. the audience. And you don't sure. want them to react over your next line. So yeah. a timing thing was easy to get into the groove of, but it was just such a glorious occasion to be welcomed on a set mm -hmm. where everybody had been working together before but when I got there, it was like I had been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. It was such a warm embrace and we just hit the ground running. I loved it. It was a glorious beginning to a wonderful adventure. Amazing. So tell me about, you mentioned WKRP in Cincinnati and I used to uh -huh. watch that show. Your husband played a huge part of that show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my husband was the Venus flytrap on that show. Uh, my husband of 38 years as of last year, last week. So congratulations. Uh, in Hollywood, that's 197 years. <laughs> exactly. uh, <laughs> because that doesn't generally happen in show business. No, but no, it has happened here. And we still adore each other and support each other. And sure. it's just a great relationship. Beautiful. Where'd you meet, by the way? Do you mind me asking? Oh, we met years and years before Hollywood. We met in Chicago. We mm -hmm. used to model together. Oh. We were doing things like the Sears catalog <laughs> with all the fake poses and, and the funny <laughs> little uh, outfits that you wore in the 70s. But mm -hmm. I had met him back then and worked together, really hadn't paid him any attention. I was married at the time and so was he. Mm -hmm. and uh, he was just another guy I worked with and mm -hmm. when I moved to Los Angeles after I'd gotten divorced um, we just happened to bump into each other and uh, let's have a drink so it was supposed to be a little five minute date that <laughs> lasted five hours that day and now has lasted 40 amazing. years so amazing beautiful yeah. story uh, well um, what made you decide to go into show business I didn't decide to go into show business. I fell into show business and it embraced me and I took advantage of the opportunities. I was uh, on my way to being a designer. Uh, interior design and architecture was my field in college. But while I was in school, I was modeling. I had gotten mm -hmm. discovered by Eileen Ford. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I was modeling. I was the first black woman on the cover of Glamour magazine back in 1968 or nine, or I don't know. It was a yeah, long fantastic. time ago. Yeah. And uh, I just kept doing that. So when I graduated, I kept modeling in Chicago mm -hmm. and got discovered by Robert Conrad, who used to be oh. the lead on the original Wild Wild West okay. and lots of other shows. He was shooting a show in Chicago called The Duke. And he hired me as a regular character. And so my career began. Because of that. Amazing. Because of that. I it like only how takes one. It, it does. I like how you were, you kept doing this, your other life, part of your life. And you still did the modeling, you know, and you were kind of seeing where things took you. And it's wonderful. I was traveling on whatever journey was before me next. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this is a fun journey. And then I decided, well, I'll move out to Los Angeles and see how this goes for a little while. And Robert Conrad was out there when I got there doing another show called A Man Called Sloan. Oh, yeah. And of course, I rang him up when I got there. I said, I'm in town. How are you doing? He says, oh, 
oh, I've got a part for you on the next show. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And I tell you, perfect timing. I was able to get an agent. I had already been a member of SAG and AFTRA. So it was just a smooth transition. And I was in the right place in Hollywood at the right time because it was the early mid 70s and they were starting to do more casting of black women. And I happened to be approachable and professional Mm -hmm. enough to secure a lot of work. And I just kept working and it just kept going. I have been so blessed. Amazing. I was going to say, what a blessing. It is a blessing. Believe me, it's a blessing. Because there are some people who are in show business who really have a passion to do it. And they just form their whole life around making it happen. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But I got other things to do. And if I'm doing show business, I'm totally committed to it. But if I'm not, it's okay. Well, that's a good attitude to have. I remember taking a class. This reminds uh me of what you were just saying. And a casting director saying, have a full life. Don't just focus on this one thing. Have a full life. Yes, because you have to bring your full life to the characters that you play. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that you've got to eat. And if you're going to be an actor, you have to wait to be chosen. Yes. You don't have any control over your life, which is not a good way to live. So <laughs> I encourage all people who ask me, oh, I want to be an actress. Okay, make sure you are doing something that you love to do mm-hmm. where you can get paid. Yes, that you have control over and then continue with your quest for acting, but don't do it singularly because it can be an empty kind of life. Sure. And you don't want to come in looking so desperate to book the gig. Yeah. I've been on the producing side. I know what desperate looks like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. Um, right. Yeah. Sure. They try too hard. Yeah. Right. Any advice for people that are struggling right now? They're, they are in the acting industry, you know? Well, the advice I have is to read. Just continue mm-hmm. to read and, and read a lot of classic literature because they developed characters so well there. And just look at yourself in the mirror and do things that express feelings that you have inside so that you can access this when you need to, if you get a job. And also, if you have had jobs and you've had some success, Mm -hmm. don't let the successes go to your head, but don't let the failures go to your heart. That's what I always tell them. Great advice, great advice, especially right now, because it's so hard that so many of us, we're all remote, there's all the casting, you know, remote auditions and things like that. It's really hard to be optimistic. Yeah, it is. But you got to stay optimistic because you got up this morning. So make sure when you rise in the morning, you have a plan for the day, you have a purpose, and you can check off a box at the end of the day and said, I have accomplished something today. Whatever it is, how big, how small, just set a goal and live each day as it comes because we are in a very uncertain time. We sure are. Um, I want to touch on the fact I was reading on your bio that your dad mm-hmm. was a shutterbug and yeah. you have five books and five annual calendars already published. Could you tell me about that? 
Well, the daddy took pictures of us when we were growing up. He always had a camera. He was always taking pictures. And I said, I started my modeling career when I was three years old, you know, <laughs> my daddy was always taking Cute. pictures. And I know as a child, he gave us a brownie camera, like around eight or nine years old. I was very young, mm -hmm. but I have never in my entire life been without a camera or a sewing machine. Those that. are just tools that I use mm -hmm. just to fulfill my life. And God gave me some gifts and I have to manifest those gifts whenever I get the opportunity. So I started taking pictures as I always had of things as I got the privilege to travel. And when I was heavy into show business in the 70s and 80s, we traveled a lot. And I did a lot of international travel mm -hmm. and I took lots of pictures. So you have a photo journal. But, oh yeah, I've got, I've got oh. a, <laughs> a list of slides of places and now it's all digital. Yeah. So I've got a lot, a lot of files. And I realized um, when I kind of took a perusal of them that I had taken a lot of pictures of doors. Okay. And friends of mine who I used to share my travel photos with um, said, well, why don't you put up a show or something? I said, well, you got to be a photographic artist to do that. And they said, and <laughs> yeah. so, so on my 60th birthday, okay, I decided to become a photo, a photographic artist. And then I had to figure really? out what that meant, how to do it and start a journey that has been so fulfilling for me. And it started with selecting the photos, getting them framed, oh. hanging a show in a gallery and having an open house. That was the scariest part. But at that show, people were buying my photos off the wall. And I said, oh, so I could make a business out of this. Exactly. And then the economy took a crash. Oh. And I said, okay, now how do I do this on a different scale? Right. So I started making note cards. Mm. And then people would ask me to come and give talks to their groups, the links and the sororities and other uh, community groups. And I found myself repeating the same things over and over again. So I said, why don't I write this down great. and create a book? So I did. And that was the first of four photo books. And uh, I took it to a publisher. I had the privilege of knowing somebody who had published a book. And she said, I'll, I'll call my editor and see if he'll take a meeting with you. Okay. And he did for an hour. And I made a mock-up of what I wanted my book of doors to look like. Great. And I was taking notes when I went in there and he gave me such wonderful notes. I said, I think I can do this. He said, I can't publish your book because it's not something people go to a bookstore to buy. It's more of a gift store item. Okay. I said, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. And thank you for all your notes. Yes. I took all of his notes, reformatted my book, and I said, I'll publish it myself. So I learned how to be a publisher. Great. Of and course you did. I, yeah. <laughs> and then I learned how to market the book and sell it and sold out of two editions of the first book. Amazing. And uh, did a, my second one was a book on Cuba in 2015 i did a photographic an actual photographic tour of okay. the west side of the cuban island 
all the little cities and I journaled how I felt about the people and the artwork and the food and the situation of each of the different cities. So that was my second book. Amazing. And then the third and fourth were just catalogs of different places that I had done That's doors. Beautiful. I love it. It was such a great journey. I just really enjoyed it. You don't seem to say no to things. It seems like you say, you know what? I haven't done that, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to do That's that. That's right. That's right. I'll jump off any cliff I have a, a, before me <laughs> <laughs> because it's the journey that I like. I like the learning and the, the seeing how I can manifest the idea into something that is marketable or if it's not marketable, something that's pleasurable to me. Yes. Um, So I just continue to do that day after day. Well, that's a great lesson for people because, well, my show, because it's called Get the Funk Out, is really inspirational. And what do you do? What what are ways to build positivity in your life and optimism in your life? And you can never stop learning. You should always be growing and learning. Yeah, I think the journey is the best part of that dash between your birth and your death dates. Mm -hmm. It's the journey. And the books encourage you to um, kind of pay attention to the details along your journey, because that's what makes the journey rich, are the details that are involved with what you see, who you are in contact with, not Mm -hmm. just getting from A to B to say, I accomplished something. Yes. But what did you feel? What did you see? What did you learn along the trip to mm-hmm. getting to be? Yes. And actors always say, well, what's the path to get to be to that? There is no path. Mm-hmm. Path is wherever your feet take you. Mm-hmm. And you need to pay attention to your path yeah. because when you find a roadblock as, or you with something you would call a detour, a a detour. It's, yes. ju- it's just a lesson to learn and say, okay, now turn a different way mm-hmm. and try it a different way. The only way it becomes a failure is if you don't get up and continue. Right. Yes. So I just, okay. I bump into that. Oh, get over that. Okay. Okay. Go around that one. Yes. And you just keep progressing because it's the passion for the journey that Mm -hmm. keeps me going. Yes. Well, it's a great lesson of resilience too, because we're constantly faced with something and you have to be able to deal with the ambiguity of life. Yeah. I learned that at 23, I was asked in a job interview, so how do you deal with ambiguity? And I said, I'm fine with it. I mean, I just, you just roll with it because you will be constantly thrown curveballs. Oh yeah. Life doesn't take a straight line. No. And it's what you do when you turn that corner Mm -hmm. that really determines your metal. Yes. I love what you said about your book too, because I was um, doing some writing of my own and I let somebody else's opinion put my manuscript on my desk for a few years and collect dust. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you let them stop you. (laughs) I did. And they didn't mean anything by it, but they just said, well, I don't really know who would read this, blah, blah, blah. And and then somebody called me on it. She, she said to me, so how's it going? Well, it's not. Why not? Why, why not? You have this idea. Go for it. And I, I stopped that. I stopped listening to that negative critic over here. You can listen to the negative and see if there's a lesson in it. And if there's a lesson in it, you tweak your journey a little bit. But that is true. Never let them stop. Right. Other than that, you go like this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Enough. 
Um, what else would you like people to know about the reunion? I know we were chatting about that earlier. Oh, the reunion is, it was such a warm, honest reunion. It really was familial. Mm-hmm. And it was a chance for all of us to share stories that we had never shared with each other before about how we got the job or lots of things about the audition process. And uh, we saw some of our auditions. Oh, you did? And we're going, whoa, and you gave that person <laughs> And you a hired job. me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was magical to hear about how the show first got started with the first meeting with Will and Quincy Jones and mm-hmm. and how it just bloomed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just still amazed, pleased, and proud of the journey that Will has taken from where he started to yeah. the mega mogul that he is I now. I was going to ask you about your impression of him when you first oh, got amazing. to work with him. Yeah. Well, I thought he was very enthusiastic. Uh, I'm used to going to a rehearsal and kind of like walking through a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, block here. Yeah, okay, I'll go over here. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, these are the words. That, 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 that. He was there at 180% for <laughs> rehearsal. And I'm going, Bouncing Whoa. off the walls? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is really into this. Yeah. And when he wasn't on the set, he was doing business. Mm. And he was smart about his business. And he was smart about the people he surrounded himself with. That's good. And he was a sponge. Mm. James Avery was like the guru on the set. He was just an incredible, incredibly learned man and so talented and so willing to share. And we've had conversations about philosophy and literature and all the kids and Will were just soaking it up. Amazing. It was just a wonderful environment. Very telling. Very telling, very predicting of the future. Yeah. Yes. So I, I'm, as an auntie, I'm really proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming up on HBO Max? It is already streaming on HBO oh, good. Max. Okay. So you can see it anytime. Bring your tissue box with you. Okay. What do you think it was about this show that grabbed people, that resonated with people? I think it was the iconic nature of the stories that we told. Mm-hmm. It was a family that each had separate points of view. Each character had its own point of view and, and personality, but the stories we told were universal. They were what families encounter, what individual people encounter on their journey through life. And we were able to deal with those topics in a universal way that was palatable because there was humor, but there were lessons learned. And I think the charisma that Will had and the talent that all the cast members had really resonated with so many different people. And it became the phenomenon that it is. And we're now showing our show to the third generation of people Incredible. Which is really, really incredible. Amazing. Where can people find out more about you? Oh, I'm at DaphneMaxwellReed.com. You can find out all the different things I do. I'm even making masks now because of COVID. So come get your mask. (laughs) And I've got some holiday ones for Christmas season. So hit me up. Beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) 
I know I didn't touch on the fact you're very talented at sewing and creating and everything else. So Yeah. If you watch the reunion, you'll see one of my outfits because I, I got to wear my own wardrobe and that's one of the, yeah. the jackets that I designed. So, Oh, great. I can't wait. Fantastic. Well, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed this. Excellent. Excellent. Have a wonderful holiday. Stay safe. Thank you. And Thank find you. some joy. Thank you. And when this uh, pandemic has dissolved, maybe we could meet in person. Oh, that would be lovely. That would be lovely. Thank you. Be well.